Money is the root of all evil. What's so bad about money? Why are there so many warnings in the Bible about money? Well, let's talk about it today in an all new podcast of C28. I'm pretty pumped about today. Yeah. Yeah. Money. Money. I think we'll get a lot of clicks and a lot of people won't agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, money is such like a, um, like a hotly debated topic. Like everyone sees their philosophy of money as like the philosophy. Mm, of that's money. interesting. What do you think like, that is? Uh, mostly Dave Ramsey. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> interesting timing. CJ. <laughs> Dave Ramsey was in the news from what I understand today. So yeah. Yeah. Recently he, um, apparently he made some, some recommendations. I'm using air quotes here. Um, for some companies that said he, he said he personally endorsed them and then turned out at least one of them was kind of scammy mm. and doing things they shouldn't have been doing. And then people were like, Hey, why did you endorse them? He's like, I didn't really, it was people <laughs> underneath me that used my name. And so it, it feels a little wrong. You should, if you're going to endorse someone, you should probably do a little homework on that company. Yeah. Right? You'd think so. And put your name on it. So. Yeah. Anyways. But before we get into I'm all... I'm sure he used his money to have other people look into it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into all of that, we did have kind of a break in between seasons. And then last episode, we had a couple of guests. So I thought maybe we could take a, a minute and just all right, off talk, the top. talk all about right. what's going on. Nice. Yeah, catch up a little bit and then catch yeah. your listeners up on what's been going on with us. And then we can get into the topic. Okay. But uh, just remember Dave Ramsey bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we just had a bunch we'll, of people we'll, tune out. <laughs> nah, yeah, I'm not doing we'll that. circle back around to that. All right. Well, yeah. So I mentioned it a little bit last uh, last episode and that we, um, we have some tax guys who love us. And uh, mm-hmm. so one came in and was kind of talking through some options that could be helpful. Um, not Dave Ramsey. <laughs> we didn't call him. <laughs> Sorry. Oh gosh. Uh, and so anyways, he walked us through the, uh, being a 501 C three, um, and you know, nonprofit and how that would assist people who want to contribute, uh, to the advancement of the gospel through this program. So, um, we're going to be walking through that this year. So, um, by before the end of the year, uh, we will have that, um, secured. So that'll be nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, besides becoming a nonprofit, what, what else we got CJ? Uh, still working on the studio. So that was something that happened actually in between seasons was we both got COVID. That is true. Right. Like your whole family. Yeah. Live, live the dream, man. Yeah. My whole family. And then we had a trip to Kentucky planned Then I got COVID and couldn't go. So we had to postpone that. And then we were gone for a week there. And so we, we lost the majority of our time in between yeah. seasons because yeah. of stuff like that. It was a solid between my family and your family going through it. It was probably at least three weeks Yeah, um, that we were all having to be careful who were around and isolating and mask wearing and not going to certain things. Yeah. 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 And it was kind of the situation for, I think, our, our whole regional area. Oh, yeah. We got hit in the way that, the, like you've said, like in the way that the rest of the U.S. has gotten hit basically throughout the pandemic. Um, it just finally kind of caught up, caught up with our area because mm-hmm. we're more rural. So yeah. Yeah. Not a big city. No, I mean, it was, uh, and it was sad too, because, um, you know, we could like visibly see the impact in our church and we're trying to meet those needs and stuff. And, um, you know, it just was sad seeing so many people down and out and, mm-hmm. uh, but it looks like we got a lot of healing, you know, everybody recovered from it. And so, yeah, uh, for at least from at least from our congregation. So. Right. I mean, and COVID's over because Ukraine started. So <laughs> oh, <stop laughs> I'm just it. kidding. I'm just oh, kidding. Man. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> you have to excuse my awkward friend. No, he has sorry. zero timing. No, I'm I'm what else? Okay. So you were talking about you started bringing something up and then you I, you were talking about the sound booth, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Studio. Um, so one thing that we still because we lost a lot of that time, um, we didn't get to uh, finish the dedicated like media studio that we want to work on um, that would make everything that we're doing a lot easier. It sounds so. really nice the way that you say it because you didn't say a dilapidated garage falling down. Well, that <laughs> that's what it is now. Did you say a dedicated studio? I said dedicated media studio. <laughs> that's exactly what it'll be. Sure it will. Yeah, it will be. It's just like, it's a way that I, you know, when I'm driving like down a county road and I see like a, a rusty muscle car, like out in the field, it's mm-hmm. been there for decades. And I, I talk about it as if it's the show car that it could be when sure. I see it. Yeah. So that's how I see this. I garage. hope it turns out like that because our, our hope would be, and we said this last season a little bit, I think as we were like thinking about this idea is 
every time we decide to um, record, we set up all the lights and cameras and, you know, recording stuff and, and, you know, get it all out of the cases and then get it all put back in, in the soft cases. And I mean, in the hard cases, you know, and all the little foam packing and stuff. And, yep. um, so it takes probably an extra hour between setup and takedown and stuff. And so our hope would be that, um, you know, we'll be able to go in and save an hour out of our time, you know, which would nearly cut this process in half because we have good templates for other things. So anyways, that'll be cool. And also people won't walk in on us. Yep. And our hope is also be able to, for our church purposes, be able to interview some, um, do some uh, recordings of Zoom meetings and stuff of missionaries and people working overseas and uh, to have good quality uh, production with that. So that'll be cool. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I can think of is uh, what's still in the works is a dedicated website. Yeah. Um, so that we will have the Facebook page and the podcast catchers, but we'll also have a dedicated website. Yeah. Um, so that it's not dependent on like another website for our presence on the internet. Yeah. No, that'll be cool. Yeah. And uh, so that'll be like a one, like a hub for everything, um, including uh, some people. We, we do have a Patreon account that we don't make too much mention of because we don't want to feel, you know, pressure people into it, but we want people who want to support us to be able to. Um, but this would allow for the people who want to give like a one-time gift. They don't want the reoccurring right, deal. Right. They want to give like one larger gift and just be done with it, which is kind of more yeah. how I roll. I don't want, I don't want to be like chasing $10 around a month trying to figure out where it went and then realize. <laughs> I'd I feel like that's just, how I've lived my whole life. I was I'd like, rather just give 12 and call it good. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to save money and not get cable, but I'm going to have 43 media subscriptions like Netflix and Hulu <laughs> and Disney Plus and, yeah. and Discovery Plus and you know, whatever else is out there. Peacock. And pretty, yeah, pretty soon I'm like, I could just have cable, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, if you were interested in the listeners out there interested in helping with that project, getting that media studio done, um, there is going to be some equipment that is necessary to be adding to there. So uh, Patreon for now and in the future, um, the website. Yeah. And just a big shout out to everybody who has been supporting us through Patreon. And some people have literally just mailed us equipment and was like, please use this. (laughs) Yeah. Someone was so dissatisfied with my microphone. (laughs) They they mailed me a different one. Yeah. Yeah. A really nice one. (laughs) Yeah. Super nice. So anyway, stuff like that's been really encouraging. And we just, you know, our goal is however big or small this podcast gets that it's useful for whoever's listening and strengthens people's faith and helps their understanding and helps them grow. And so they can defend what they know. And yeah. Um, so that's our hope. And, and if, if you wanted to support what we're doing in a way that's not financial, um, a great option is to uh, utilize social media to, to share podcasts, yeah. um, to leave reviews, to comment, to like, because um, that's, that's literally a free way to help us get this um content out there yeah you should tell them do we talk never talk about the uh there's some people a little small group over in texas right wasn't that it a small yeah, group yeah. of people oh, who won the uh, the book giveaway yeah. yeah oh man i wish i could remember their name right now yeah dang it and it's cool it, that it just it made it out there and yeah. there's a little group of people listening to the podcast and it's blessing them in some way and yeah and if they're them. hearing this i would love to hear how you heard about us in texas yeah because that just blows my mind and i think it was cool because when we did the book giveaway i think like a husband and wife both entered and I think the wife won. Good. I think that's what the situation <laughs> was, but I can't remember. Yeah. Anyways, that was, that was super cool. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. You can follow the, uh, you know, analysis of who's downloading and where they are and everything. And, um, wasn't it like our, our stuff got shared in like 48 of the States or something like that? Yeah. So on, on the Facebook, like analytics or whatever it is, um, there was one of our videos. It might've been one of the early ones. Like, uh, it's probably one with guests where it's not just us. <laughs> yeah. It, it might've been the one, uh, like the church in action or something like that. Yeah. With like Jack and Andrew, mm-hmm. um, that one got viewed all over the place yeah. and that was cool. It got shared by, was it world venture? Yeah. Yeah. World venture mm-hmm. the mission organization. So, and then, uh, we had another, um, organi- organization reach out and have us on their podcast because they <laughs> heard us on our pro- podcast. Yeah. I feel like I lied on my resume to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. How many, how many subscribers did that organization have? Oh, thousands. Yeah. It was thousands. Like, I mean, they, they interview people like from gospel coalition and, and, yeah. and seminary presidents. We thought they had and, the wrong number at first. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was getting scammed. <laughs> Like, no, we really want you to. All you have to do is send a $50 check and then you can be on our podcast or something like that. No, it was legit. Yeah, Yeah. it was a good interview too. Yep. We talked about uh, leading uh, ministries through pandemics. Yeah. Uh, Cool. You know, there's not going to be a lot of people that can answer those questions, you know? 
It's true. That's interesting. I never thought about that till right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Unprecedented. Yeah. Well, it is, you know, I mean, yeah, it it was interesting. We we literally got kind of booted out of our churches and had to make decisions, you know, and yeah, um, our, our, we always had a goal of doing some podcast. We actually bought all of this. Well, not all this equipment, but enough equipment to get going before the pandemic hit thinking this will be a cool little side project. And it's like just God's timing, right? And then we get this stuff shipped in the mail and a month later, pandemic hits and we have to, we decide like we have to use it and we got to, you know, continue preaching and meeting. And yeah. Um, so and what was really year. cool is during the pandemic, not only did we grow um, numerically with attenders and members, people getting baptized, people getting saved, but also financially it was a really good oh, yeah. time for us also. And it's just a testimony to, to God's faithfulness through his people. Yeah. Like, we were in a park and people kept showing up and um, it was, a, I, I loved it personally yeah. being out in the park and uh, people are getting baptized and becoming members and giving their life to Christ and, you know, major great counseling sessions and, and things like that. And then um, financially, like we had faithful givers that just kept giving and, um, you know, kept our budget strong and we kept doing the ministry and sending money where it was going. And speaking of money, yeah, 10 minutes in or 11 minutes and 25 seconds. Yeah. Here we are. That's crazy that we just naturally came to that point. Look at that. Dude, that's raw talent. <laughs> raw. Just so you know, I don't have notes in front of me. This is Google Chrome pulled up in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And no show notes. No, I mean, this is this is going to be a testimony to our, uh, this is raw conversation, unrehearsed. Let's just have a conversation about the phrase that we hear so often, money is the root of all evil. What mm. do you think about that, CJ? Money is the root of all evil. We should just stop using money then, right? We should get rid of it. Shouldn't every Christian cease to use or save money? Let's do this. Send it to the Patreon account and we'll dispose of it for you. Right, yeah, there we go. <laughs> for safe handling. Yeah. No, I mean, it's interesting. Um uh, I, I will do a spoiler alert. It's uh, people say if you said, "Hey, where is where does the phrase money is the root of all evil come from?" They will say it is from the Bible. <laughs> yeah, and they're not wrong, but they're also not right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we'll get to that in a minute. So um, I, if you're cool with it, I'm going to run with something. Um, as I was thinking through this concept, I have some examples of money, uh, you know, being the root mm-hmm. of the evil people were doing sure okay yeah so one starts local we have a prison mule creek state prison um it's a pretty notorious prison yeah what were you laughing at what happened no i was like it's just getting spicy it's local okay it is <laughs> yeah it's our neighbor i actually went back and forth on whether it's it would be Do good it. for me to share it and Do it. I, then i can pu- share it to the local community pages <laughs> guilt free yeah it's uh <laughs> it's public news um i'm not going to say anything that uh hasn't you know been written about by professional journalists. So I, um, I think I'm, I think I'm fairly safe. So you trust the media. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's where all truth comes from, right? (laughs) Okay. So, uh, we have a prison called Mule Creek state prison in our town here. And the warden was named Joe Lizarraga and probably people familiar with the CDCR, you know, department of corrections, um, world. They're very aware of this. Um, let's see. I got some notes here. Uh, he was, he became, he started working for CDCR. So California department of corrections and rehabilitation in 1986, uh, which is the year before I was born. <laughs> and then, uh, he was appointed warden. Of, you sure it wasn't 1886. Is that, are you making a joke? Oh, okay. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold oh. on. <laughs> Oh man, I've been waiting. I'm glad I found that button. Hey, there are people in their cars laughing right now. There are no crickets in the cars. They're laughing at my crickets, not laughing at your joke. (laughs) All right. Anyways, I had to make sure that Brian knew what a spoken word was today. He goes, Hey, I I was listening to this guy. Uh, Yeah. He's, he's uh, pretty popular on uh, social media right now. He's been doing spoken word. Do you know what that is, Brian? I'm like, yes, I know what spoken word is. Okay. Back to your story. All right. So um, he became the warden in 2013, and in 2017, he be, he was awarded the Warden of the Year by the California Prison Industry Authority. So, um, you know, I think that, gosh, I, I think that, you know, you can look at this and, and be like, you know, decent, decent guy does good work here. 
And uh, I'll tell you what happened here. Lizarraga reportedly stole from the Interfaith Food Bank thrift store in Sutter Creek, which is our neighboring city here, on September 14, 2018. Despite earning an estimated $150,000 annually, he allegedly removed price tags from merchandise, then suggested lower prices to the cashier. Uh, when the Sutter Creek police uh, investigated, Lizarraga allegedly lied to the police chief, claiming that he did not suggest prices and blah, 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 blah. Lizarraga wrote a $125 personal money order in an attempt to dissuade a witness from participating in criminal prosecution. For $125? <laughs> Are you saying it would cost more for this you? Guy, this guy is cheap. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's oh, terrible, CJ. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, and later, he made a second bribery attempt using prison charitable funds, according to the investigative reports. On oh January 25th, 2019, FBI agents raided Lizarraga's Mule Creek uh, office and seized his computer along with other stuff. Um, I'll skip a couple paragraphs down. Uh, when he resigned in fall of 2019, Lizarraga was paid $433,000 in unused vacation, leave time, holiday and weekend pay, and other special pay he had accrued. Uh, and he collected, he collects right now $11,500 per month because of his pension. There you go. And um, all for some thrift store stuff. Yeah, so wow. I think, and the reason I included the numbers included in, you know, all the articles that were out there is, you know, uh, what they're pointing out um, is the same thing we're m many of us are noticing is that he, it's not like he didn't have money. Not that that would make theft or embezzlement okay, mm -hmm. but it helps us wrap our minds around the intent. We have somebody that's, you know, making $150,000 a year in a, in a position of authority. Um, he is going to um, thrift stores and the um, that support another charity. Yeah, so in the, our county, the Interfaith Food Bank is our county that is that gives food to people who are in need of food, and yeah. they have a thrift store. And um, from what I understand, he had um, wanted some. I think it was snowboard gear or something like that, and he had picked it up. He took the video surveillance shows him taking price tags off, or what appears to be him taking price tags off. Um, stuff and um, and then he goes up to the counter and um, basically suggests half price. You know, oh, it's not labeled. You know, like, well, what do you think about this price? And just offering half price, and then lies to the police chief, and then starts bribing people not to testify against him. And then even, I mean, barely. And then <laughs> barely <laughs> that's the barely. worst bribe of it makes give hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, and then he uses. Um, prison money i think it was from a fundraiser or something but it was prison money then to also uh, try to make more bribes and stuff and so you know i think that um one thing that i tend to believe is that um you know we read something like that and we maybe think the guy all around is a horrible guy but i think what happens is there's temptation and there's sin and and we see money has a huge pull um continuing in that so that is some embezzlement you have there um, a couple quick examples of other embezzlement. We have Robert Vesco. Um, he embezzled $224 million. Oh, wow. um, he never stood trial for his allegations. As soon as the charges were filed, Vesco fled the country to Havana, Cuba. The CIA <laughs> tracked uh, him down, but Cuba refused extradition, obviously. I mean, that's why he went to Cuba, so we knew that would happen. <laughs> um, and then he's been hanging out in South American countries, uh, with no extradition laws and living off of the money that he took. Um, he was also a part of the, um, it's called Watergate. He's also part of that scandal as well. And he died in 2007. And even his death is, you know, shrouded in conspiracy as well. Um, do you know the comedian Dane Cook? Yeah. Where's he been? Well, I haven't heard anything from him in forever. You've been listening to his comedy? Oh, I mean, I've heard you, other people listen you, to his comedy. You recommend that? <laughs> no, no. I just, he hasn't been in any headlines oh, or anything okay. recently. That's gotcha. what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, he actually, um, he was, he's a comedian, uh, became very successful. Is he? As I didn't C know anything as about him. mentioned. He was actually in a couple movies as well. And he had his brother, Daryl, um, I believe his brother. Um, maybe it might, it's half brother because his last name's different. So his half brother was his finance manager essentially. And his half brother was stealing his money. Um, and one of the 
most shocking things they found because so I, I actually listened to an interview when this first went down years ago and uh, Dane was saying he's he, he just he he had no questions about trusting his brother I mean he didn't even he didn't even look at it. he didn't even know his years money was leaving and lots of money he never knew because he just was never he just completely trusted his uh, brother Daryl and one of the most shocking examples is when uh, his brother Daryl wrote a check for three million dollars to himself and forged his brother his brother's uh, signature. And wow. uh, so Daryl, um, you know, he did get charged with crimes and he's spending six years in prison. Wow. Yeah. Is it bad that when I first read that, I was like, if somebody said, I'll give you $6 million, but you got to go to prison for six years, would you do it? <laughs> like a million dollars a year? <laughs> and I'm like, oh. no, that's a bad, that's a bad question to even ask myself. So um, the answer is no. The answer is no. Um, <laughs> okay, and then uh, I got another one. This one does not include um, embezzlement. I think there's a different name for it. It's called murder. Ooh. All right. Let Are me we going to do true con- true crime episode? True crime. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> got him. <laughs> You're just mad because you're old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> uh, this one is Stella Nickel. Um, this Washington State woman convicted of planting cyanide in the over the counter pain pills killing her husband and a stranger uh she lost her federal court appeal in august of 1989 Uh, she was sentenced to 90 years in prison on five counts of product tampering and two and the two deaths in uh, june Uh, prosecutors said she poisoned her husband bruce 52 years old with cyanide filled extra strength excedrin capsules to collect the $176,000 life insurance. A hundred. I hope I, 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 That's I have not a lot of money. I have low enough health uh, life insurance. My hope is that my wife's like, it's not worth it. <laughs> I don't even know if that could get you a spot like in the, in the trailer park right know. now. Yeah. I mean, well, it was in 89. Okay. That was, that was back better. when like candy bars were a nickel or something. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hamburger uh, was. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, uh, uh, so she's, she's putting cyanide in, you know, those little capsules that you can break apart and there's powder in them. Yeah. She'd break them apart. She put cyanide in those, put them back together, give them to her husband who is 52 years old and killed him because she wanted the $176,000 life insurance. She also, the, and somebody, somebody may be like, well, why is she being charged with two deaths? Let me explain. She wanted to not get caught. And so what she did is she took other over-the-counter bottles, like several different bottles, and she started putting cyanide in those pills and then put them back onto the shelf so that other people would die so that it looked like her husband is just a casualty of some other random killer, and she wasn't, she wouldn't be considered the killer. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. For $176,000. That's crazy. So I, uh, Beth and I just, uh, or not just, but pretty recently we watched a documentary about um, this lady, I think her name was Sasha and I'm going to summarize a lot here. Oh man. So was Sasha good or bad. So I Sa- need to frame it now. It was Sasha good or bad. Just have to wait and see. Oh my goodness. So anyways, her, the documentary I think is called like Sasha and the wolves or Sasha with the wolves or something Ooh. like that. <laughs> I didn't know you had that one. I got it. Oh my gosh. That paid extra for that. Dude, that brought back some like deep memories of, you know that show Unsolved Mysteries? Yeah. That's exactly what the <laughs> intro to that show, like from the 80s. Okay. Anyways, um, so Sasha um, is is a foreigner and she's living in the United States and she's going, she's um, a practicing Jew and she is going to um, her synagogue and stuff and she starts like sharing her life story um, with people there and, and it's incredible. And so they ask her to share it uh, publicly at the synagogue. So she gets up there and she shares it and she tells this grand story about how um, back in world war two, um, like her, her parents got taken away by German soldiers and she fled into the woods. I'm summarizing. I'm leaving a lot of details out, right? Mm-hmm. She like f- flees into the woods to try and make it to this other area of the region that would be safe and I think she had family there. And her story is that as she goes into the woods, um, she's like adopted by a pack of wolves as like a really little girl, like eight years old or 10 years old. And she makes it across this wilderness. And so this story just explodes and she gets book deals and and she's um, doing a tour and speaking. And 
Um, you know, so I'll summarize again, like long story short, it turns out she's not even Jewish. She wasn't where oh, she said she was at I the knew time. Sasha wasn't good. Dude, Sasha's bad. Yeah. Bad. Um, the, the lady or the publisher what about the that did the book deal, Tell me. like got in major trouble for, you know, publishing. She, this, didn't like, check, yeah. she didn't. Yeah. And the whole story was fabricated. Oh she made tons of money. She never apologized because when she was confronted on it, she said, well, the story is mine. And that was her rationale. The story is mine. Yeah. She's like, wow. I, she's like in her mind, she wasn't really lying because this all really happened in her mind and no one really asked her <laughs> dude that's just i mean like my mind is going all philosophical yeah and like, she's like it really did happen here and it turns out she did have some really bad stuff happen in her did childhood she have a wolf no none of that's real <laughs> none Sorry, of it just, she had a, a pretty okay did she life have a dog <laughs> for someone growing up so she was she ended up oh man i want to say she was like originally Russian, but a transplant to like an allied country. And so she was safe the whole time. And really, anyways, the point was like, she spun this insane story in really bad taste, right? Because she claimed to be part of a group of people that were horribly abused yeah. um, and made tons of money off of it and, and lied to them. And they gave her her trust and she has no, no remorse, no sympathy. Cause she walked away with a big fat paycheck. I mean, you'd, you'd have to not have any of that. Otherwise, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to do what she did. You wouldn't be able to have empathy or remorse. Yeah. I mean, the whole time I'm watching the documentary, I keep like throwing out theories to Bethany about what I think is actually going on. I was completely wrong the whole time. Wow. I, the way they do the documentary, so this is a big spoiler, obviously, but uh, the way that they did it was you don't, like, you don't know until the end that that's what's going on. Wow. And so if anybody wanted to watch that, they probably shouldn't now because... It's still worth it. I left a lot out. Okay. But yeah. Anyways, just like one of your sermons. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> For the record, you have assigned me a whole chapter and a half of Luke yep. the next time. And you're, you're critiquing me for having to leave stuff out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just for the record. Also, I've been doing that for nine weeks and you know, to, to his, to his point, it is very difficult. We're trying to just call a survey. Note, we don't yeah, like surveys. We're trying to summarize, do a survey, a general over a 30,000, but look at Luke and it is difficult because you got to take these big sections and anyways, but our goal is we're trying to get to acts anyways. Okay. So what, what is this? What is the point of these stories? Well, that, um, I, I do agree that money is dangerous. You know, it, it can be dangerous. It can, uh, be as dangerous as meth. It can be as dangerous as a gun. It'd be dangerous as a forest fire. Um, let me read though the proof that this is the text that people take this from. Okay? <laughs> they try to quote. <laughs> yeah okay yeah sorry I, I didn't i didn't know what word you said you say try to quote yeah the the text that they try to quote oh gotcha <laughs> yeah all right just read your passage right <laughs> so this is what it says for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil so there's people sitting in their cars right now driving to work maybe listening to this at five in the morning and for the first time they're like wait the quote isn't money is the root of all evil the quote is not that. The quote from scripture says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Or is a root. A root. Is what the ESV says. Yep. So it's one of the roots. Yeah. You're right. I misspoke then. Well, we've heard it so many yeah. times. Yeah. I mean, it's almost hard to read it correctly. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. That's what the Bible actually says. And I agree with the Bible, obviously, 100%. <laughs> what I don't agree with is money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. because that's not what the Bible teaches. So, actually. so is it saying that money is evil though? If it's a root of all kinds of evil? Um, it, the love of money, oh, I think is the key. There it is. If you, it's, it's the love of the money. If the word love wasn't in there, um, I don't think that this would even be in scripture mm -hmm. um, because it's not true, but the love of money. So would you say that's a trap that all the people from these stories fell into um absolutely every single one i read even the ones that aren't here i think that they loved money i mean they loved money more than something yeah um it far from loving god more than money because if you love the lord more than money you wouldn't be disobeying him right and so uh yeah i think so um i I think that the that the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, but if if you're saying 
the root of evil is not money, then, you know, the next question I thought maybe we could talk about sure. was then what, what is the root of, what is the root of all evil then? CJ, take it away. What is the root of all evil? Yeah. It's Satan. Satan makes me do everything bad that I don't want to do. Right. I want to punch no, you in I'm the sorry. face sometimes. I just want to reach over the table. I didn't do <laughs> it. You're lucky I have tiny like, T-Rex S- arms. Satan made me do it. <laughs> tiny T-Rex <laughs> arms. Yeah. No, the, the, the root of all evil is um, the effect of sin on the human heart. Yep. That's what I would say. Um, as, as, uh, demonstrated in Genesis three, the fall, um, you know, this is a, I'm not trying to open up a can of worms here, but I think there's something to the discussion around when did the first sin actually occur? Absolutely. Right. Was it the taking and eating of the fruit or was it the willingness in the heart to disobey God before Mm -hmm. that was taken? Mm -hmm. I think that's something to consider. Yeah. And Um, and another fun question is, you know, like, did God create evil? Yeah. And if he did, why did he? And if he didn't, then who is the other creator of things? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he did, he did it for a good reason. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> people are very uncomfortable listening to me right now. <laughs> I got, I got, a, I got a couple of verses that were actually referenced back to Genesis. Uh, um, I got three of them here. One's Matthew fifteen nineteen. It says, for out of the heart mm. comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false, wit- false witness, and slander. So out of the heart of what? Like this is real stuff. The heart of you. Mm-hmm. You out of the heart of you, the heart we, we would say is the center most part of what makes yeah. you up. Yeah. That's where that's where evil's coming from. And that's you. how it was understood then. Yeah. Right. He's saying the core of you. Yeah. You're the, the sinful one is the one wielding the money. Right. right? Wielding uh, the evil stuff. And sometimes money can be uh, it's, it's kind of referred to as a craving. The craving for money can uh, cause all sorts of evil to come out of us. But where it's coming from is the heart. Romans 5, 12 says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through what? One man and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all have sinned. James 1, 15, then desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin. So then desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death mm-hmm. that's what we're dealing with we're dealing with the heart of man sinful nature it's in us we're the ones that have evil we're the ones that need to repent of it we're the ones that need the holy spirit to come and ch- change us and give us new hearts yep and so um i mean chapter and- 10 i mean verse 10 of first timothy first timothy chapter 6 verse 10 uh it is not saying in any way that the root of all evil is money, that if we got rid of money, everyone would be sinless and perfect. That's not what it's saying. Right. In fact, as we read scripture, we find out it's even more personal than that. It is us, our hearts. It is you and I mm-hmm. that's evil. Yep. And, uh, and what I believe the Bible begins to say is that money has such this power, right? Um, inanimate power that it draws us to it. And, and for, for several reasons, I don't know if we have time to talk about them. You know, the question would be like, what is it about money that draws man to it? Yeah. But we may not have time for that. But what are your thoughts about, um, you know, the where does sin come from stuff? You're looking back in Genesis. Like, I mean, it started in the beginning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so it, it's by default in every human since then, right? The, the root of sin uh, goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. We all sinned in Adam is what the Bible says, right? So we're all guilty when Adam was guilty of that sin. Um, and so now we're having to fight against what is our default position because of the fall, which is to love anything other than God. Mm, let's right? get to that. Like we're, we're wanting to worship what is not God. We're designed and everyone is designed and built to worship. That is our natural, um, our good design that's been distorted by sin. And so now that we're broken worshipers or sinful worshipers, uh, we're looking around at all the things around us, trying to worship those things. And some people find sex, some people find drugs, some people find money, some people find power and influence. Um, and like the stories you read, those people, they found money, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's what their heart began to worship. And like, if we keep reading like in 1 Timothy um, 6, 17 through 19, he gives a warning to the rich. He says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Mm. And I think he taps into something there 
because he's tying those two things, right? At the beginning, he's warning the rich. And at the end, he's like, you're, you guys aren't chasing what really gives you life. Mm-hmm. You're worshiping a false God, which can't give you life. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say about sin. And I think you're hitting the nail on the head. I had uh, um, Mark chapter 12, verse 30, right? That um, That's very clear. Um, a clear testament against the love of money and that is this and you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind with all your strength so if you were to love god with all that you cannot love anything else that's you know the passages that say if you don't hate your brother you can't follow me mm-hmm. if you don't hate your mother you can't follow me yeah um the point of that is is that we love god with all of our heart all of our mind all of our soul all of our strength it's all to the lord and out of then the love of for god there are things that he then calls us to impresses us into like loving family, like none other, like loving brothers and sisters, like caring for people, you know, and, and all these other things we do love, but it's all filtered first through and directed by God, right? How we distribute that love, but all of our love. Yeah. And it, we, we love the God, Lord, our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Matthew chapter six, 19 through 24 says this, do not lay up for yourself treasures. So things of value, on earth where moths and rust destroy and where thieves break into steel. And that's what CJ was saying, that uh, that these things really don't have any meaning in life. They have nothing that is eternal in their nature. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. So the treasures in heaven do have eternal value. Where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in to steal. For where your treasure is, so mm-hmm. where you're storing things up, that's where your heart will be. Yep. And so and you go back up to Mark 12, um, we love the Lord, our God, with all of our heart. And so where we store up our treasures, that's where our heart will be. Our treasures need to be in the Lord because that's where our love belongs also. Boom. Write that down. Note that. That was good stuff. <laughs> all right. And then it goes on to say, the, uh, I'm going to skip down to uh, verse 24. Uh, it says, so right after that, it says, no one can serve two masters, right? And it's just talking about loving God with all your heart, right? At yeah. this point. It says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. So there cannot be two masters in your life. As it's, keep in mind, context is talking about treasures on earth, treasures in heaven, putting your treasure uh, is where your heart will be and where your heart is matters. And it says you can't serve two things because you'll be torn. You will end up loving one and hating the other. You need, there's one master and that's gotta be the Lord. So it says, um, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. And it concludes with, you cannot serve God. And then says, and money. The example is money, right? Yeah. 2,000 years ago, the example is the dangers of money. You yep. cannot serve God and, and serve money. You'll end up loving one and hating the other. You can't do both. So you got to pick one. Yeah. And so I wanted to share an example from scripture of someone who who didn't love money more than they loved God, okay. right? Who, who used it properly. Okay, I got a, um, I got the opposite example when you're done. Okay, so uh, Luke, and this is a short one, Luke 21, one through four, um, it says, Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. And, and I'm just like shooting from the hip here, but to me, this seems similar to, um, how, uh, Mary poured out the perfume on Jesus's feet. And it was, it was really all she had of value. It would have been the most valuable thing in her home, right? Just tremendous, like, um, tremendous value. And and then Judas, probably a family heirloom, probably a family heirloom. Yeah. And then Judas um, it is like, oh, you, you wasted that. Like you, you gave, you should have sold that and given the money to the poor. Right. And it's like, and we knew that Judas was, had his hand in the money bag. So really he wasn't worried about the poor. He's most likely trying to fill his own pocket mm-hmm. by saying that, but she gave like all that she had, like she could have sold that and made herself a wealthy woman. Right. But instead she gave her resources, her treasure, her money to Christ. And she, she dedicated it to him. And so in a similar way, um, this woman in, in Luke 21, one through four, um, she gave all that she had. And so the rich people were trying to um, gloat or, or, you know, make it known that they were giving a lot and they gave way more than she did. But it was a matter of the heart. She gave all that she could give and they gave a large amount, but compared to what they could have given, they didn't give very much. And so I think this woman, especially 
is just this prime example of someone whose heart is not ruled by the love of money. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who is worshiping rightly uh, the king of the universe. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who says uh, the church is just all about money? When I go in there, I'm pa- I have to pay for my seat because as soon as I sit down, they're passering. They're passering. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're passing. Pull yourself Stop it. together. <laughs> I acknowledged it, okay? <laughs> They're passing the offering plate and they're asking for money and they're saying you need to tithe and they're saying you need to give. Um, And that's one of the reasons they don't want to go to church because church is just all about money. Man, there's a lot of responses. I mean, there's a chance they're going to a bad church, right? There's Um, There's a chance that they actually don't go to church and they've just heard this from other people and they're saying it, pretending like they got it firsthand and they didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, The other option is that um, the church doesn't really teach on money or giving um, but is still doing all the right practices. Yeah. And so people are confused by it. And I think um, the last option would be that all those things that the church is doing are, sounds like from what you listed, like uh, tithing and giving is good. Uh, money does matter in, in ministry. Uh, we are called in scripture to be generous with the church um, mm-hmm. as individuals. And it's not, and people think church organization, um, we're not talking about that. Uh, the the church should be fairly void of money. It should be coming in and going out, right? It's yeah. just it's a hub for money that goes That's in a and great goes point. out. Yeah. And um and so that last option is the church is preaching about it right, is teaching about it right. There are people giving, there are pastors teaching about money, and there are people, you know, that are still collecting offerings and tithes and that money is going out and being distributed around the world to spread the gospel. And the person that is hearing that loves money and doesn't want to get rid of it and doesn't like people and and therefore do not like people talking about it. So I think those are really your only options. Yeah. And for me, um, I'll get real right now. Um, I was well into being a pastor and, and and not tithing what I think I should have been tithing. Um, and literally it came down to, um, I was so far away from what I felt like I should be giving to be generous that I just started giving a certain amount and each year I just move it up move it up, move it up and move it up. And it's not because anybody's putting pressure on me um, other than probably the Holy Spirit that, I, that I'm that i supposed to be somebody who shows where my treasure is mm-hmm. and my treasure is with the Lord and yeah. God's people. And I think that, that the church, and I think you go to the right church, um, you get this just by being around them, that they're not about the organization. Uh, they're not about the structure. Um, they use the structure for godly means. They use money for godly means. And you're you go to these business meetings and you see on the budget, you know, where you have like, you know, my toilet paper, my steaks, you know, my, my, my fun money. My, and you look at the church budget and you are paying some staff and you list the list. You see the list of missionaries, right. And all the money being sent out to them. You see the youth ministry budget. Yeah. You kids see, going to camp. Yeah. You see all this work being done for the community, for young people. You see, um, you know, golden heirs or, or uh, elderly ministry where we're, we're meeting with them. We're, we're, penetrating the world for uh, old and young and middle-aged and in various ways. We're doing soccer ministries. You know, we're, we're literally in, in everywhere we can using our finances uh, to to support us doing ministry, whether it's literally right next door to this house here mm-hmm. or literally on the other side of the world. Yeah. And what you see is you see the heart of a church through their budget because that's where their treasure is. Yeah, right? yeah, super good point. And I just wanted to reiterate that like you said, it's very possible that someone with that mentality or those thoughts, like the examples that I gave, um, has been to a church that is abusing finances and is abusing people for their finances. Oh yeah. I've heard story after story after story about, I mean, the most recent one I heard is, uh, this guy, he was, um, uh, I don't want to get too much into why this makes a little bit more sense to me, but he was part of the Catholic church and, uh, they were going to, they were talking about wanting to get their child baptized. Oh yeah. And, it was several thousand dollars to baptize. Like, I want to say it was five or 10. It was yeah. insane. Like you have to make a $5,000 donation and then we'll baptize your kid. I mean, that's, right. that's, that's heresy first off. Right. And uh, that is destroying what the Bible actually teaches about what baptism is and who God is. Right. And then um, another one uh, that there was a, there was a guy that was getting married and they want to get married in the Catholic church that they were at. And they said that, um, you have to pay and it was just like incredible amount and their dad um, was actually a fellow priest in another state um, and you know they were still gonna 
said, you can't get married here and I won't do your premarital counseling or anything like that until you pay this like several thousand dollars. And, uh, um, and it wasn't like venue use, you know, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like this crazy, really neat chapel or anything like right. that. It was literally, you got to make this donation and then we'll go through what it costs to use the building and stuff like that. And, you know, other people have talked to me about people weren't tithing and some pastoral staff or somebody called them and called them out on it. And, um, you know, and it wasn't out of like a brotherly affection way where to be honest, if, um, if my friend, if I just stopped tithing altogether, my friends found out about it, I would expect my friends to say, Hey man, what's going on? You know, and, yeah. and to check in with me, but it wasn't like that. And it's just like, you know, it's the love of money right. and, and it finds its way into churches too. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I mean, one of the things that triggered the Protestant reformation with Martin Luther mm-hmm. was the sale of indulgences. Yep. Right. They were trying to to oversimplify, to buy their way into heaven or buy favor with mm-hmm. God, right? And there was someone that figured out that people would pay money for that. And I mean, I don't know if I really like this term, but maybe like spiritually abused people in that way. Um, and and then also on um, you know modern times, like if you've ever heard someone say that uh, you need to plant a seed of faith by sending me two hundred dollars or something like that, like that's just heretical garbage. Yeah. That's just garbage. Yeah, that's, seen that's, nowhere in the church. They're abusing and twisting and manipulating scripture to make a buck mm-hmm. off of you. And I've, I mean, uh, Costi Hinn uh, has this book called uh, God, Greed, and the Prosperity Gospel. Mm-hmm. And it is just so good because um, he came out of that. His his uncle is Benny Hinn. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about his the view from the inside and the acknowledgement that like, man, we knew that we were doing this to people. We knew that pe- there was... Uh, families who had kids with cancer and we were telling them just send us your money and God will be faithful to you if you're Mm. faithful with your money. And that's just, it's abusive. It's horrible. Yeah. And so like, if you've been in any of those situations that that's not a church and that's not biblical teaching on money from a church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Other than that, I'm, I mean, part of Luther's (laughs) problem also was all the golden statues and stuff like that. They would spend, millions of dollars to fill their buildings with beauty and uh, and part of his point was that that doesn't make sense in the new covenant yeah um, because it's not a, they're not temples anymore right and so decorating them like that makes makes no makes no sense right. and they should be being used you know for right. you know other things yeah. so um, i do have an example of somebody who did struggle with the love of money we would recognize the uh, the true story of the rich young ruler. Uh, for the sake of time, I'll summarize it. Um, uh, a man came up to Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? And um, he says, you have to keep the commandments. And, he's, and he says, which ones? Which is kind of a weird answer. But <laughs> Jesus goes through and begins like like listing them. And, and he's, like, he's like, I have. I've done all those things. And, uh, and Jesus says this, if you would be perfect, so then... Because what he, this man's claim is like, I've kept all those perfectly. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, if you would want to be perfect, because this, this is this man's claim, go and sell all you possess and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. So you sell your treasures here, you'll have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. And it says, when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, sorrowful, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for he had great possessions. So he didn't leave, um, excited or jubilantly he left sorrowful because he knows i have all these possessions you know what he loved his possessions yeah and you know where his heart was with his possessions he Mm -hmm. wanted jesus too yeah and that is i think that's a battle we'll struggle with till the till jesus returns is we want jesus too and that is in uh complete contrast to matthew 13 uh, the parable of the hidden treasure says the kingdom of heaven is like a like treasure hidden in a field, which the man found and covered up. Then in his joy, not sorrow, but then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has. So he does sell all that he has to buy that field because the, what he values, where his treasure is, what is important is Jesus. So he sells all that he has to get that. And then, and it's a parable, right? Mm-hmm. He can't buy it. The idea is that he, he did do what Matthew chapter 19 was being challenged. Oh, you think you're perfect? He gave up everything. I'll show you how you're not perfect. Right. So all that you have right. and give it to the poor. And he's like, I love my stuff more than people. Yeah. And then uh, the pearl of great values right after that. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. Like that's his gig, right? That's what he does. And 
he uh, says uh, he found one pearl of great value and he went and sold all that he had about everything else, everything of value, which he had great value. He had some of the best of the best of the best of everything. And he sold all of it because he found something that he's like, that's more valuable than anything. And that's what people have to see Jesus as. Yep. And that's, not that you can buy Jesus. Yeah. Right. I want to make that clear. Not yeah. that you can buy Jesus, but that you would be willing to give up everything for Jesus. Yep. Those right? two parables. That's that, what about that has to be the posture of your heart. Yeah. Yeah. All for Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, That's all I got. Well, I think what we're drilling down to then is that um, the phrase actually, as quoted in scripture, we do agree with and believe and think it's an ultimate truth. And, and that is for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. We went through some real examples here. I have one personal example. Um, and I was trying to think of like a very serious one and I came with one that I think applies well, um, but isn't quite as serious as I was aiming for. I remembered back at camp. I don't know if you ever did this at your summer camps, but our youth pastor did this thing called, what would you do for a buck? No. And (laughs) that would have got out of hand with our youth group. Oh yeah. It ended with people like the, so people were eating, they were cutting off the stingers of bees and eating bees. And, and, it, and it, it got worse and worse and worse until the point that somebody had a toenail that was rotted. And oh, my. Off. Stop no, it. I'm serious. You, you move your headphones you. It's rotten. It was falling off. And so what they did is somebody said, for a dollar, I will, I will eat that toenail. And so what they did is one of our, this is horrible as I'm thinking about. Dude, I feel well, gross It was right about now. to fall off. So one of our oh staff my had a Leatherman, bro, a multi-tool, <laughs> went over there. Grab, gripped it, gripped it, gripped it, and ripped it, bro. They gripped it and oh ripped my it. God. And that person ate that toenail for a buck. Are we talking about like it just went in their mouth or they swallowed it? Chewed it. Oh my it. gosh. I'm not kidding. That's disgusting. And although, to be honest, I think it was, they were doing it for reasons other than the dollar, right? There was probably some sort of pride or some fame or some popularity. Some girls watching. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that's a good question. What would you do for a buck? That's a good game show. I mean, there's been movies made about this stuff with crimes. Yeah. What kind of crimes would you commit? You know, and that's what we're running into here. What kind of crimes would you commit for $176,000? Apparently murder and murdering innocent people's, uh, you know, to, to get it. Yeah. And um, the one so, guy wouldn't even, he loved money so much. He wouldn't even use that much to bribe someone to gain his innocence. <laughs> as little as he'd possible rather just be guilty free. than yeah. give up some of his money. So I think that, you know, what, what the Bible communicates. So as we were start summarizing and coming to a finer point on this is that money's dangerous. Yeah. And why is money dangerous? Because it's the love of money and mm-hmm. us humans. We love to love money, man. Yeah. We, How, and there's not a person listening right now that will not have that struggle where they, they have at the very least moments where they love money and they have to battle against that because we got to realize what destroys it. Moths destroys it. Thieves steal it, you know, and it deteriorates. There's no eternal um, value in these things. But for some reason we cling so tightly because really it's hard not to see money as our livelihood. And we got to think spiritually sometimes that spiritually our livelihood is Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. John Calvin said that the, human heart is a a factory of idols Mm. constantly pumping out new idols. And so I would challenge any listeners um, that if you're sitting there and you're thinking like, I really don't struggle with money. uh, I would say like, what is it then? Like what, what is your, your, the parts of your heart that are still evil and unregenerated and, or I'm sorry, unsanctified. um, What parts of your heart uh, are still trying to worship things other than God? And what are those things? Like that needs to be a continual uh, process in your life. I mean, David talks about like, search me, O Lord, right. Uh, and, and reveal these things to me. And so that has to be like a consistent practice of the Christian is like identifying sin, confessing sin, killing mm. sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John the Baptist. Yeah. The road is repentance and turn to God. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So one thing I wanted to talk about before we end though, I we just bashed money, warn against money, called people out for how, uh, for money possibly having an extreme amount of power over us. Well, and, uh, and the good uses the church uses money for. Right. Missionaries. So that's that's and what ministries. I wanted to end with. Yeah. Right? So what, so, and I'll give you an example. Um, Abraham was the richest person in the world, mm-hmm. barely arguably. Right. I mean, he was the richest person in the world and I mean, very important person. God used him. God bless him. He is saved by faith. Right. A regenerated person. He's in heaven right now. He's with the Lord right now. And so, uh, and he was the richest person. He had the most money. So, 
Um, and then also Joseph of, of Arimathea, tremendously wealthy. David, tremendously wealthy. Okay, so it's so money's not the problem. What the problem is, is our hearts and how we use it. We begin to love it uh, and worship it, and it becomes an idol rather than us giving all of our loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're loving something else with even a portion of it is is idol worship. And so we need to uh, love the Lord. And so it's not money. So then how do we use money when we have it? Because to be honest, I hope there's a bunch of rich people that are loving the Lord and pursuing Christ and they're a siphon of money into their communities to spread the, spread the good news, to shine their light bright of who Jesus is. And it's just a siphon of money. And so what are some examples of some good uses of money? Examples of good uses of money? Sure. If you um, have money, like it, it's not bad if you have a ton of money, but how, how does a Christian use that money? What is the relationship with that person and money? Gotcha. Um, so just really practically from my standpoint, what's fresh on my mind, we just got back from winter camp um, and with the, with the high school uh, students and we had a great weekend, you know, amazing things happening. Holy spirit at work for sure. Uh, and, and a lot of the students, well, I'll say several of those students were there um, because of people in the church and their generosity to help sponsor get and get mm -hmm. kids to camp. Mm -hmm. I mean that, that continually over and over is what makes it possible um, to get kids to there because the price of camps keep going on up. Right. And so it's harder for some of these kids that are in our youth group to earn that much money on their own. And so we have some very generous people that are siphoning money into mm -hmm. the youth ministry. Like you talked about um, uh, like contributing to uh, the food bank. We already, we brought them up, right? Mm -hmm. Don't steal from them. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. You should be giving money to them. Buy the snowboard. <laughs> yeah. Spend the $8 instead of seven <laughs> and don't go to jail. <laughs> um, another good relationship to money is not hoarding it. So I think that's implied in what we're saying about being a siphon, right? Um, and I think that, so I'll get real for a second. I think I have kind of the opposite problem where I'm, I don't uh, think about money a lot. It's just not something on my mind a lot. And so I'm bad with it in a different way because I'm not hoarding it and, and uh, like, you know, being selfish in the way of like, I'm keeping it all for myself. It's the stewarding part. It's the stewarding part. Yeah. Like I struggle to think about like, oh, I also need to be a godly steward of my money and have a reasonable amount set aside to take care of my family should yeah. something happen. Right. Well, and I think that's a good, that's a good thing to bring up. So we're talking about giving to all the ministries and, and, and purposes happening around the world, whether, whether it's, it's around the world or local, right. Caring for the poor, right. Right. The widow, basically the, the people that need help that yep. finances can help. The other part is sending it and supporting people going to places that need to hear the gospel, right. Unreached people groups. We talked about that last season. Um, they need to hear the gospel. So, and that takes money to get money to get, Bible's translated yes. into their language to, to mail those things over there, to get the jet fuel, to get these people, these missionaries over to those areas, yeah. right? Um, Even theology books yeah. overseas. Yeah. We're, we're so spoiled with, with how many resources we have in the English language yeah. when it comes to theology and Bible. Supporting schools like, like Third Millennium yeah. uh, Seminary you where, go. you know, they're educating pastors who don't have the opportunity to have those schools next right next to them yeah. and uh, they're educating them. So then they can go and they can be pastors and shepherd people in their areas and down to, th and those are very spiritual, right? And we love those things also down to um, caring for your family, yeah. providing for needs there. Yeah. And the slippery slope is we don't know where that line is. Right. Having this discussion in North America uh, is an interesting, is an interesting conversation because we, in maybe future seasons, we'll get more into the nitty gritty of this, but um, you know, where's the line of, um, you know, need versus want. Like who right? is rich? Yeah. Yeah. Who is rich? What's too much? Um, somebody drops a hundred G's to remodel their house. Is that wrong or right? Right. Or, or a $200 date night with my wife. $200 date night with your wife. Is that, is, that, is that wrong or right? Right. You know, getting a haircut every week. Is that wrong or right? Should you be just growing your hair out and sending that money somewhere else? These are difficult questions. And you can tell by our haircuts that uh, we take those seriously. <laughs> of course, we do have somebody cut our hair for free. <laughs> a highly skilled technician, by yeah, the way. Yeah, does a wonderful job. There's yeah. not a better cutter in the world. In the, in the world. World. Yeah. Big shout out there. Okay. So <laughs> anyways, our point is that you can be a godly man and a godly woman and have a ton of money and the way and what that looks like in general is that uh, you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And in the end, that's what your life is all about from how you spend your time, how you spend your talents and how you spend your treasures. Yep. That's it.
It's money. I like it. We should end right there before we That's ramble money. anymore. All right. Well, <laughs> we are running out of time here. And so what I will say um, in conclusion is that we got some really cool things coming up in future episodes. In fact, today we have this idea. I'm not going to share what it is, but I am pumped about it. We will be hopefully filming one of our episodes, not at this location, um, at a different location with an, another group of people. So we'll have some guests and talking about um, some, I think some a, a really good conversation. Uh, we also uh, will be bringing uh, hopefully those same two ladies back that helped us with biblical manhood to do biblical womanhood, um, among other great conversations. Um, so again, uh, thank you for listening and we're looking forward to um, another great season. Anything else, CJ? Nope. That's All it. Right, we'll see you guys later.